Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And I almost said the intro backwards. <laughs> I haven't done Wait, that in what, a long time. What were you going to say? Like we're a, I don't know. We're a podcast masquerade <laughs> or a drinking problem. I don't know. What that I don't know be. where I was going to go, but I had to stop and be like, wait, what do I say here? Um, so we're back um, after recording in person for, I, I want to say the first time in a long time, but I think we did this over like Halloween-ish Maybe. time frame. Um, but we are doing a like interbrew. Guess, yeah, oh, I forgot that's a name. That's what we call One of these. our interbrews <laughs> that we haven't done in a while. Um, so we're here at uh, Dunier. Yes. With I can't say your name because you have to intro yourself. Hi. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, you're going to say who you are, um, what's your favorite beer that you haven't had a part in brewing, um, oh, shit. Uh, your favorite pop culture fact. It could be a fact, it could be your favorite piece of pop culture, anything that you identify as pop culture and that you like, like that, that could be your thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, a weird fact about yourself. And we can go, we can, we can, we can re-explain the yeah, questions as let we me, go. Damn. <laughs> Those are good ones. I don't even know like what <laughs> my favorite beer is besides mine. Um, you can start with your name. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, oh, oh yeah. I yeah. forgot we're recording right now. <laughs> my name is Tyler Davis of Junior and Modern Dune. So that's a good start. Um, <laughs> favorite, honestly, I am absolutely loving, and every year I love it, the celebration of Sierra Nevada. Ooh, yes, like, very it's, good. Yep. It's so good every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, Your favorite piece of pop culture? Yeah, pop culture. Um, man, I cannot think of something on the fly. Um, favorite piece of pop culture? I don't know. Oh, Princess Bride. Favorite movie of all time. Okay. Very pop good. culture. That's yeah. what Little Man Fezzik is named after yep. from Princess Bride. So that's a good one. That, that's that's good my one. favorite. That's yeah. a good one. And then, that's, a, uh, that's a one I quote a decent bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, a weird fact about yourself. Weird fact. Um let me see. What is a weird fact about myself? We can oh. Give you, oh, so we can give you some examples if you can. Yeah, actually throw a couple examples just. Okay, so mine is that I've broken every single toe of mine. <laughs> That's actually pretty Mine funny. is that I still have night terrors like a, like a, like a child does. Like a child does? <laughs> um, one of our friends came on, and it's like, this is my favorite uh, one to use. This is my favorite one, too. He ripped his pants every year of high school. Every single year? <laughs> every single year, yeah. Um, I guess the weird thing about me is, is my first name is actually Robert. But nobody in my entire life has called me Robert ever. Okay. Like whatsoever. So I asked my parents why they even, yeah, Tyler's my middle name. I asked my parents why they named me Robert. No answer. So it's not like a situation where your dad's named Robert and you don't go by Robert because of that. First Robert in the whole family. (laughs) That is a fun one. Yeah, and never been called it, ever. (laughs) By anybody. It's a nightmare. All right, so we are all drinking some of your beers. I thought it'd be fun to just kind of talk through what we're yeah. each drinking. Yeah. Um, and we can do the three-word thing. Oh, gosh. Okay, so what we typically do is we try to describe the beer that we're drinking with just using three words. We'll, we'll describe we'll just... it in general, but then mm-hmm. pick three words that kind of, like, encapsulates what it is. Gotcha. Or what it tastes, like the three main flavors or three main cool. descriptors. Um, so I'm having um, Reindeer of Winter. Uh, this is a red IPA. Is there anything special or fun that you want to? Yeah, I love that guy because um, the dark uh, Belgian candy sugar I used in like a different method where I added it 
ended it at the end of like the whirlpool, so it has this like sweetness, but it ends super dry. And then the hops, Belma hops, they're like how uh, Mosaic is very much on like the like blueberry, mulberry kind of like tropical spectrum. Belma is like the red version of that. Okay. Like red currant, raspberry, strawberries, tropical, yeah. and like nobody uses it. Okay. For some reason. Um, I've amazing. been seeing a lot of Belma a little bit more lately. And I oh, really? It like a hop. Well, in San Francisco, one of the breweries, Stephanie's wearing one. Oh. Um, Sarah wearing Standard Standard Deviant. Deviant. They yeah. have a Belma pale ale. Nice. Um, and they usually do like more simple, like more simple beers in general, like really true to the flavor. And they have a Belma. Um, nice. Which is, I think, the first time I've seen it. Yeah, it's crazy because the hop's like 12 years old. And I have no idea why yeah. it's not like so widely known. Yeah. But that's where all that like pomegranate comes through yeah. and like all of that with the red IPA. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I feel like when I have IPAs in general and they have a fruit flavor, I don't, I taste one of them and they'll like, they'll say like, you know, melon, citrus, blah, blah, blah. And you kind of only get like a little bit of one and it's a little bit muddled. But this one tastes super jammy. Mm -hmm. I get pomegranate. I almost get like raspberry, and I do think the strawberry like sweetness yep. um, is very forward, and it's, it's really nice because you do. I do actually taste all of those. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and then I've got Pomacera, which is um, one of your sour hybrid ales. Mm -hmm. um, so it's this is the grape must, the pomegranate, and black currant, right? Yep. Yep. Um, this beer's you. Can, I love that you can like fully taste like the pomegranate flavor which is like what I love because a lot of the time like we had a like, it just reminds me we had a beer yesterday that said it had pomegranate in it and it was just kind of like it was just kind of there it was just like a golden it, yeah. it honestly tastes like golden ale yeah. and I don't think that they're actually it I didn't taste, taste pomegranate yeah but that's what I love that you can like fully get the flavor yeah. of this oh, yeah. it's, I also like what you do with like your um, your like sour hybrids where they're not like acidic sour they're very like easy to drink and you can drink a lot of them exactly yeah. yeah I do it in a way where I don't know I was kind of um, like I was like in my own bubble when I was at Lagunitas before this and like when I came out like the sours that I knew like back when I was brewing like eight years ago before I just started making IPAs all day for Lagunitas mm -hmm. when I came back out like into the world I guess <laughs> I was like what the hell happened to sours I'm like why are they so enamel ripping yeah. Yeah. like what yes. the hell yeah. I'm like usually like you made like Berliner Weisses or anything like that um, to just like accent the fruit to kind of like make it pop a little more but not just like completely rip out your mouth yes <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. so yep, I'm sticking with the, the way I remember doing it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what are you drinking right now I'm drinking the Nisno Rosé this guy uh, is kind of a, what's the best way to put it it's a sizer hybrid a sizer is a um, it's a type of mead actually that instead of um, diluting it with water you dilute it with apple juice oh, and okay. so that's what a sizer is fermented out as but I kind of took that idea and um, did a co-fermentation with uh, Macintosh Apples from Michigan. Um, and then uh, super dark, rich wildflower honey. And fermented those out together. So did like a co-fermentation like of all three on like a Belgian golden base. And then aged it in Bordeaux barrels for 14 months. Re-fermented it uh, with, um, what do you call it, lingonberries. Mm -hmm. So it has this like awesome strawberry, cranberry just like sweetness thing going on i can't stop drinking it <laughs> i love it so okay. much okay so then we'll just do like real quick uh use three words to, to kind of encapsulate the description we just gave of each of the beer yeah so i'll do jammy um i'm gonna say effervescent 
it's got like a nice like tingliness to it mm-hmm. um and then like really well balanced between the sweet and the, the tartness and then i was gonna say tart i mean the pomegranate flavor is really far forward so the pomegranate and it is a little bit dry kind of towards the back end mm-hmm. definitely yeah i would say just this awesome underlying funk um going with it and the aroma um sweetness but then like sweetness flavored but then also very dry there's a theme I'm yeah. sure you guys are picking yeah. up that all my are very dry. Yes. <laughs> like, when you said the aroma, I started to smell this, and it it smells like strawberry. Yeah. Like it smells like strawberry jam. That's the Belma. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I'm gonna. It use. smells fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, let's kind of just jump into it. So um, kind of give us some like an overview. I mean, obviously, like we know, but for people that might not know, can you kind of give us an overview of the Junior and the Modern Dew brands and kind of where the concept came from? Totally. Yeah. So Junior and Modern Dew, Junior is like kind of the, uh, like at the head of it all. Um, And there's a very specific reason I called it like an artisan fermented project Mm -hmm. because... Uh, Modern Dune is just basically the first offshoot coming from that. Dunier is like all the wine beer hybrids, co-fermented beers, wild ales, that um, that whole sort of thing. And then the Modern Dune, I wanted to have separate. Like, I didn't plan on having Modern Dune right away um, until, like, I just started realizing how insane all the hot products are coming out, like, in the, like the past couple of years. And just the connections that I've had um, before when I was with Lagunitas, I have all these great relationships with all these hop farmers. So I'm like, okay, I'm making an entire line of just like IPAs, loggers, yeah. doing it kind of like in my style with like a little bit like more modern techniques, not just the same old like rinse and repeat, citra mosaic type thing yeah. that I've been seeing everywhere. Um, so I'm really trying to create like different styles um, within like the comp- like confounds of like the IPA and like lager and like stout like kind of thing. Like yeah. doing cold IPAs, double dry hopped lagers, all sorts of stuff like that to kind of make it more interesting so yeah that's where that's how those are set up yeah <laughs> i think it's smart to have a different brand for like the ipas the the styles the loggers too is there other goals for other brands with other styles or would they mostly all fund fall under junior one of the two they will yeah, fall under like one of the two that was the other main thing with the modern dune i didn't want to kind of like muddle the whole thing of like having an entire brand that's doing wine beer hybrids and then I come out with a bunch of double dry hop loggers and everyone's just like what the hell is like <laughs> all these different styles doing here yeah. and um so yeah uh, I was able to just like kind of move them around from that but yeah um I don't know there's a c- bunch of kind of things in the works for like different brands like under the junior thing we are uh, working to get a winery license and um we will be doing like wild wines uh pet knots all of that sort of thing so that'll fall under Another section kind of stemming off of the artisan fermenta. So. Oh, sweet, cool. Oh yeah. Um. So, I mean, what kind of what what? How did you get into brewing? Um, I guess first, and then what kind of inspired you to open your own brewery? Yeah. So I've been brewing literally since I turned twenty-one. Like I went to Siebel Institute for Microbiology, um, and then I went um, just started assistant brewing like up in the northern suburbs at like Mickey Finn's was one of the first places like literally like 12 13 years ago when I started working there and um then kind of just bounced around at the like northern suburbs a bunch and then I was at Revolution for like three to four years and then I was at Lagunitas for the past seven years or six years ish and um but yeah the the whole idea like I was I always knew that I was going to like open my own Mm -hmm. and like just waiting to kind of like for to have that like eureka moment of like what I'm going to do how I'm going to do it and um Honestly, when I was at Lagunitas, it, 
how it came about was I just got so sick of making the same IPA every single day. Mm-hmm. I just like completely cut off drinking beer. I just started <laughs> drinking so much wine because I'm like, fucking, I don't care like, <laughs> about beer at all right now. So, um, yeah, just started drinking a ton of wine. And then when I started drinking more and more of like natural wine and really kind of like fell in love with all of those, like I realized there's such hardcore similarities between like like their uh, fermentation methods of doing basically like spontaneous stuff like exactly how like lambics all the belgians are made um once i saw the similarities i was like you know why is nobody people have always like they've used grapes and beers before but they've never done it in a way where they're like completely co-fermented at the same time Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what separates like i always i try to lean hard in the same hybrids with it because it's not just like a re-fermentation of whatever fruit it's like it's not like i'm just adding like a like raspberries to a beer and re-fermenting it. I'm like, it's actually producing the wine at the same time. Mm-hmm. But um, that's where, yeah, that all stemmed from Elagonitas when I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> Just started <laughs> drinking a bunch of wine and then, um, you know, finalized this idea, tried to go um, uh, looking for places to like buy out and stuff like that or not buy out, but um, like just to build a brewery mm-hmm. and all that. And that's where I fell into pilot project, get a little proof of concept going. Um, just to see like what kind of traction was out there for mm-hmm. it and then Motoro kind of fell on my lap so that's okay. why I'm here now yeah so um for I guess anyone like listening the space we're in right now was the old Motoro brewing which shut down pre-covid yeah um, so yeah they've been down for a while but that's the space we're in right now yep because well, you, you you play when did you actually take over this space uh, this past March okay so Wait. this past March and then I started uh, brewing in May and then I battled the city for like six months to get my liquor license to open up. The yeah, farm. that seems to be a trend right now. I feel like everything yeah, yeah. has been a little bit delayed trying to open, yep. especially getting the liquor licenses. So this kind of brings up one of the questions that we do have is like, how did COVID impact your ability to open here? Um, or like, was it not really, was the delay not really COVID as much as it was like bureaucracy? And- no, it was just straight bureaucracy. Okay. And I was just like, I had the alderman on my back I, or like, like uh, siding with me trying to get the city going and it's just like they just move as slow as they okay. want okay. it's kind of unbelievable to be honest because you're gonna make so much money when I start selling yeah. all this beer in taxes yeah. like don't you want to do that but um but yeah the COVID actually made this all kind of happen to be honest like I was um, out of Lagunitas at the time I was finalizing getting this place going but then because COVID kind of shut everything down I was able to like have months on end to sit down, mm-hmm. focus, mm-hmm. refine everything, and like really kind of like get things going. Yeah. So it's kind of like almost <laughs> I would never want to say help, but it like yeah. that time off, it like, like, yeah. like yeah. focus your energy on something. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I was just like you know at home staring at a wall thinking, yeah. of, oh, Dune is a good name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the reasoning behind the name? So Dune is actually. Um, it's one of four stags from uh, Nordic mythology. So uh, the four stags represent the four seasons, four elements, and Dunyer is the one that represents um, spring and like uh, winds of like change, basically coming a new sort of thing. Okay. And the reason I chose that was because it's kind of like taking the two, well, like elements like wine and beer, mm-hmm. something that everybody's known for thousands mm-hmm. of years, yeah. but kind of making something new with them. And that was like the whole coming a new thing. And I just wanted. Do something like a name that nobody has ever mm-hmm. yeah. seen before. Yeah. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, they're pr- gonna have trouble like pronouncing that. I'm like, 
Yeah, they, you know, same kind of thing with Allagash. Yeah. <laughs> Besides it being a river, nobody would be, yeah. like, be like, what the hell is that? I yeah. would say the name sound looks like it's pronounced. So yeah. It's like, it's pretty easy to get it because it looks like the way you would say it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, the, the tap room itself has very, like, Scandinavian, Nordic influences. It sounds... Looking at the, the names of the beers that you currently have, it also has that. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that kind of come from? Is that like the, kind of the vibe you go for in general, or is that just what's yeah. falling into your lap? It's kind of, well, <laughs> taking like the wine elements and like a lot of the ingredients I use with, uh, with the beer, it's almost going back to like the old like Germanic maps, where it's like uh, northern France, Germany, all into like the Nordic cultures, and then a little bit of England like around there. And I kind of thought about it in a way I'm like that's where I literally all my ingredients yeah. <laughs> like I basically mm-hmm. use yeah. originated from like yeah. so it kind of encompasses it all I use uh, like Kvike yeast on almost every single beer that I do mm-hmm. coming from here and then um, yeah it's kind of yeah. kind of just like a general like area yeah. that like all of it kind of stems from you know well, that makes sense like the currants at least for me feel very like European yeah mm-hmm. um, I, I mean they in the Caribbean they eat a lot of currant and I'm mis- I assume that's from like really your- yeah, there's like a yeah. My parents have like a lot of current stuff that they do, um, but I Sweet. think that's from like European influence because it was settled by Europeans. So totally that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So that that makes sense that you use a lot of the like, European ingredients. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I do have tons of current stuff actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like I was, yeah. I was just like running through it. Currants are delicious. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> We can add that as to the list of something else I've never actually had. I've, I've just had the flavored. Like I've only flavored. had dried currants. They yeah. have like this dessert called currants rolls. Okay. Um, it's like phyllo dough. Is that like puff pastry? Like ones oh, okay. that are like super like laminated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, layered with like dried currants. It's delicious, yeah. but, but I'm, I'll get some from. I don't think I've ever had a currant. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think maybe tried once, but now that I'm thinking about it, either. Maybe some like like jellies or something like yeah. that. Yeah, jams, but like never just like one currant. Like, I've never had like a fresh currant. <laughs> like a currant. Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen them before when I went to um, the Netherlands. I saw them and I didn't realize that there were currants when I saw them. I thought they were just like those berries that look trees that my mom tells me not to eat. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the ones that you can't eat because it, yeah. it looks like a little one of those berries that like grow yeah. on the side of bushes that you're not yeah. supposed to yeah, eat. Yeah, that you just go. It looks like a forbidden. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a forbidden berry, yeah. but it's not a forbidden berry. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a currant. Um, yeah, well, it's it's funny because we have like a running list of things I've never actually had. Yeah. And so like the the running one, the is main like, one, is I've mango. never actually eaten a mango. I've had tons of mango <laughs> in like the beer and stuff, totally. but I've never. Yeah, I've, I don't you've actually... also never had like a nectarine, I think. Or yeah. uh, you've never had certain like a tangerine as well, one like, of some kind of like orange. Yeah, yep. I didn't. Know, I like didn't fruit. know what it was. Yeah, I've never had passion fruit. But nope. if you've had puree, I feel like that's close enough, right? Yeah, but I've never like I don't even think I've ever held a passion fruit. Yeah, like, I don't in my know hand. what a passion fruit <laughs> is like. Uh, it's like this red bulb. Looking oh. Yeah, it's like purple, you... and then yeah. like the actual like fruit inside is like I know all about it, but yeah. it's like yeah. this like <laughs> slimy thing with like green or not green, uh, black seeds and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. yellow pulp. Black. It looks like super unappetizing, but it tastes delicious. Oh yeah, it looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a forbidden fruit, but it's not. A yeah. forbidden fruit. Um, so, uh, can you kind of explain some of the process for us about like developing this co-fermentation style and like how you kind of put these things together? Totally. So what I kind of, what I kind of do with them, what I kind of like was touching on a little bit before, I really wanted to create like a hybrid sense of it. And like, in order to achieve that, I've been, you know, I thought about it a bunch where I'm just like, I really don't want to re-ferment. I don't want to like do that. Cause it's honestly, I didn't get any wine characteristics like from it like I always 
I always felt like it just like tasted like grapes, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be completely honest. Yeah. And like that's where I started thinking like, okay, like the co-fermentation is where I basically have the beer recipe going for whatever style I'm trying to do. And then I introduce like during active fermentation, mm-hmm. the wine grapes or must or um, whatever I'm using for the specific beer um, at certain stages. So it's like, right, like if I basically ferment it out right in the beginning, that becomes like super wine-like, like the Sauvignon Blanc. Like yeah. that one is like yeah. super Sauvignon Blanc wine-like. And then um, for like more on like the jammy or fruity side, like the Pomacera, I added it at like three different stages. So I had the wine-like characteristic in the beginning, but then it started getting more and more okay. like fruity and like, you know, how it tastes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's how I kind of manage those guys what's your process do you start with like a beer style that you want and then add the with the wine like when you're when you're developing do you, mm-hmm. you start with one side and then add the other side or is it kind of like two ideas that come together pretty simultaneously two ideas totally yeah so it's kind of like whatever i'm trying to like accomplish i always think of like the end result and then kind mm-hmm. of like backtrack to see what needs to be done with each one okay i don't really like start with the recipe of like okay i'm gonna make this style of beer, what can I add to it to like spice it up? Yeah. It's always like the end goal is already completed of like something okay. like super unique or whatever I'm trying yeah. to do. And then I just kind of have to fill in the blanks um, with that. But that's when I kind of like have a purpose. Like <laughs> a lot of these beers, I've been just like seriously shooting from the hip and mm-hmm. like being like, oh, let's see what happens. Blah, yeah. blah, Like okay. one of the ones like the Hazy at Blanc, like, um, because I got the, I don't think it's actually on the menu or anything. It, now. it doesn't look like it. But I um, that one there was the one, yeah, yeah, over the summer and that was one where, like, the Phantasm came out. Um, I think so, we did that on the podcast. You did. I did, yeah. I think that was one of the first ones that you yeah. gotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one, that one was ridiculous. And yeah. that's where I just completely shot from the hip, where I'm like, oh, okay, well, I want to use Phantasm immediately because it sounds ridiculous. It sounds badass, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I um, was able to get, like, one of the first breweries to actually get it, like, I think, like, us and Hot Butcher and... So I was gonna say, I feel like that was the first time I actually saw it on a can yeah. label yep. was when we got the Hazy Blanc. Yeah, yeah, I actually the first beer I ever released, uh, Welcome Party on the Modern Dune side mm-hmm. had Phantasm. Oh, nice. That was like the first one in the market back in got March or April or okay. something like that of last year. Um I don't know, this year. Um anyways. Time, like, um, time does not make sense. Yeah, it's it does. It's really awesome. Um <laughs> so but no, that was one where I just like got the Phantasm. I got, like, the first generation of, like, the Cosmic Punch before it was even, like, named that from the, like, Thial mm-hmm. boosting mm-hmm. thing. And I was just like, I'm going to throw everything I've got in-house <laughs> at this. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, like, so I threw a bunch of really, really nice Sauvignon Blanc uh, grape must with it. And that's the one where um, I kind of did it later in the fermentation when I added the Phantasm. And it's just, it was ridiculous how that one, like, came out. The flavor profiles of that in combination with kind of, like, all of what was going on, like, Thial boosting strain, straight mm-hmm. like phantasm, like all the like what else was in it? Hollertown Blanc, like the Citroen Cognito, all of that just like boom. <laughs> like yeah. did one of those. So that one I had no idea what was gonna come from it. So okay. I guess it kinda goes back and forth. So you didn't know what like what it would be at the end. Oh yeah, you not just kinda like I was just like, that, this all should be really good, so let's see. <laughs> all of these things on their own is yeah, very good, exactly. so yeah. if you put everything together, yeah. jungle juice style. Yep. Yeah. yeah. How does, like, like jungle juice that you said <laughs> the you were drinking. jungle juice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. How does coming off of that work then? So you obviously were throwing everything that you had at this one that was like, I, I you had it and it was insanely good and I've never yeah. heard a bad thing coming out of it. Like Ryan, I think, from Beer Temple was like, you have to get this. Oh, yeah. Um, 
how do you how do you come off of that like the process for beers <laughs> that you're developing after that where you were throwing everything good that you had yep. like all the best shit that you had in house at it yep. how do you come off of that and continue developing when you are out of all your good shit and you're oh just you just feeling? find more good shit okay. <laughs> right no you just keep fucking going um, so well, a perfect example is like the uh, the new the one that I have out now that we should probably have in a minute here is the Kika Kawaii like that guy oh that one's really good that one has yeah. Phantasm in it as well too but then um, I was asking the guys at Freestyle Hops I'm like you know what do you, they always do amazing amazing shit and I was like you know what do you got kind of going and he's like oh we have some really good Matsueka blah blah I'm like no like what, what's up what do you what's got yeah and then he's like now. well we do have this uh field blend that we're calling Kawaii Nelson, which is like Nelson Sabin, um, Matsueka, like uh, Wakadu, and like their New Zealand Cascade. It's like mm. they're uh, the Bruce blend. And then they de-seeded freeze, like they de-seeded that freeze-dried New Zealand passion fruit and pelletized Ooh. it with the Ooh, Nelson, like yeah. Sabin blend and calling it Kawaii Nelson. I'm like, you just... Shut up and send it to me. Like, you know what I mean? like, Shut up and yeah, take my money. Seriously, just don't eat what you want. Like, send that immediately. And uh, so they did, and I got it, and that was the one I released recently with it, and yeah. it is absolutely insane. Like, okay. the the passion fruit comes through, like, so, so strong, and then the phantasm just boosts it again. Yeah. Like, it's it's nuts. So that's that's the whole thing with, like, this. Is, these are great examples of, like, the modern Dune or, like, Kind of the Hazy Blog was kind of like a little bit of crossover as being yeah. like hazy or whatever, but the modern Dune is like, I want to keep finding stuff yeah. like this and like kind of really researching in like using the cosmic punch and like there's I have another like thyle boosting lager strain that actually like Omega hasn't even released yet yeah. back there and that's like my house lager thing. And okay, it's just finding all these products that like I feel like some breweries are harnessing, but not a lot are a lot of them are like focusing on like yeah. using stuff like this i mean it's available to everybody yeah it's just yeah. like well i think it comes from like the experimental side where it's it's arguably a little bit dangerous to be doing these experiments yeah when like not knowing yeah because like them. there's yeah. there's a difference between like i feel like some people are just like we need to make money how do we make yeah. money we do like what people like yep versus Sick like let's egg. yeah <laughs> versus like let's let's do what's fucking weird and the people will come if it's good yep yeah and i feel like that's what you're kind of doing is let's do like this crazy shit let's experiment and i feel like people like People do like experimental stuff. Yep. And you're if you do it in a way that people like, like people yeah. Yeah. it's just gotta all be approachable. You know, yeah. like that's that's the whole like point of like or at least how I kinda like take brewing is where at the end of the day, like <laughs> if I just brewed the beers that I like and hoped for like everybody to like it, I would yeah. just have an entire tap list of like miles and ESPs. Yeah. But probably wouldn't have a lot of people here. Yeah. So right, it's like fair. at the end of the day, um, I'm like brewing for the consumers and everybody like you'll yeah. have my thing on it but I want to like kind of like I see a lot of just like the same kind of out there right now there's like everything's kind of like mm -hmm. in this general thing and that's where modern dude I'm really yeah. trying to like push and like make people like have like like almost a reinvigorated interest in like craft yeah. beer because it's like it's kind of you know there's not there's not too much out there with a lot of experimental stuff going on um, well you've actually won a couple of like local like beer festival type awards for Modern Dune and your yeah, IPAs. I'm two for two. <laughs> I, I, literally, I only answered two on a whim with uh, both of the Chicago Beer Society and I won gold in both of them. So. Nice. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it was silver in the favorite beer thing or whatever, but whatever, still plays. Well, I remember <laughs> yeah. you were telling no, me one time I was here 
um, that like you just were like, I got a couple beers here. You yeah, go. I literally well, that was the one for the dinner. Like oh, yeah. they yeah. they asked for uh, like a keg, and I was just like, yeah, sure, let me see what I got. I literally just walked in back and looked down, grabbed the first keg that I saw that was closest to the door, and it was a Sauvignon yeah. Blanc, and it like beat out everybody. Yeah, it's <laughs> like sweet. That's cool. What's exciting about this, and I think a little bit more of the like Chicago beer scene versus like the San Francisco beer scene is. San Francisco is a lot of churn and burn of the same styles and same stuff. Um, there's really? not really a whole lot of experimentations. It's a lot of IPAs, a lot of pale ales. Some breweries do them better than others because they're like not like they're like a no frill, like let's go like traditional to the style. But there isn't a whole lot of experimentation. At least it feels like there's some that do, but for the most part, mm-hmm. like this kind of experimentation is like doesn't exist out there. Nice. And it's, it's just so Show it's so refreshing <laughs> to like. Well, it's just it's really refreshing, and for someone that doesn't drink wine. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, as you mentioned, like, super accessible. Like, I don't know anything about wine, but I know that these are good. Yeah. And, like, I, you I don't also, have to know, I also know nothing You don't about really wine. have to know anything <laughs> about wine to, like, enjoy it. Yeah. Totally. And that was, that's the thing that I've been noticing more and more, too. It's, like, almost the uh, flip end of it, too. Like, a lot of people are just, like, you know, I'm not a beer drinker whatsoever. I like wine. I'm just, like, okay, I'll, like, give, give this a try. And they're, like, oh, that's really good. And I'm yeah. just, like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, a non-pretentious way of... Like combining the yeah. two, where like exactly. if you like one or the other, it'll force you to like it because yep. it's got enough of bo- of both. Totally to like totally. appeal to each drinker. Exactly, and that that's where the whole thing of it's like literally like blurring the blurring the lines yeah. between it. But it's like you got to do it like in the right way. Like there's some some ones that I've had that like you know were re-fermented or whatever. It was kind of like when I was trialing this whole idea mm-hmm. out. And there was like a bunch of breweries doing it. And some were like. Some were really good, but they just tasted like, you know, mixed culture, kind of yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then other ones were just like, oh my God, bad. <laughs> like, it was just like, I'm like, oh, you did not do that right. I won't yeah. name any names, but, uh, and then I was just like, wow, okay, so don't do that one. Do more of this one, but make it more Yeah, You literally more looked accessible. at me, and I thought you were going to be like, no, please name the names. <laughs> no, that's when we turn the mic off. <laughs> I asked that question. Um, so the last question I have before, um, something I have a few before we start like getting into like shooting the shit kind of thing, is I thought it was really interesting that you do like obviously wine, beer, hybrids, mm-hmm. but what does it require of your knowledge of each type to be able to do this? Like, are you really well versed in wine and beer, or it's like, more? How does that work? Of, it's more of just like after being in breweries for just so long, like literally just like nonstop for so many years um, since I was able to even drink um, legally, and then. Um, Wink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's basically, I'm obviously way more on the beer side because I just know it like beyond the back of my hand type of thing. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, second nature to me now. But the wine world, it's very, very like, the, it's, the whole thing is that it's just fermentation, you know? Mm-hmm. And beer is actually the hardest thing to make and produce and ferment. Okay. Like, wine, mead, all of that for. Like, there's a lot more that goes into it, but I don't mean to say it so simply, but, like, wine grapes, you literally just crush them and kind of add yeast. (laughs) And then, like, they ferment out. Yeah. And then, like, wall out wine. And that was the thing where it's, like, once you get, um, like, a basic understanding of, like, fermentation of just, like, either, you know, malt, fruit, anything like that, you kind of have access to the whole world of fermentation. Like, 
it all applies like by the same rules, same things happen. Um, it's just like kind of how you manipulate them, yeah. like in each way. Like Yeast, it is sugar, exactly. It's alcohol, pretty much all. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. I make kombucha, so I know how to. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I set my understanding this now. <laughs> yep. Totally. Now that you've that's your, your new California now that I went to California, license. Yeah. Rather than a license, you show everyone your kombucha. Yeah. That's <laughs> how. My kombucha and my homemade preserves. Nice. <laughs> I live in California. This is what I do now. <laughs> No, yeah, it's I, it's funny that like as you mentioned that like I I realize I've gotten a better understanding. Yeah. Not that it's intricate by any means, but I I do. Yeah. Think, yeah. Once you kind of get it, you're like understand the rules of fermentation. Yeah. It's just literally listening to like people that are yeah. like you know that like how much I like focus on beer and everything like yeah. that. Like just listening to like winemakers, it's crazy how apparently. Brewers and winemakers have like not talked to each other yeah. for like a thousand years. Like I don't know if it's no, like, that checks out. a well, it's weird funny, thing. Like, I feel like it's a completely different culture. Like people that drink wine are very different than people that drink beer, and yeah. this kind of thing is like the one thing that will unite them. Yeah, because um, I do feel like wine drinkers are like the wine drinker is very different than the beer drinker. Yes, and the people that drink wine typically tend to more like sours or. Um, yep. I don't know, like classier, classier stuff. Beer yeah. styles, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's so many things like even just learning from the wine world. Like, there's tips and tricks like that. Like the winemakers, like like stuff that they've learned from the brewing world. They're like, oh yeah, they're, like using whatever like types of tanks or methods or something like that. There's like a couple of eureka moments with them. But then like me learning from the winemakers, like I didn't know that there was products out there that literally just kills Brettanomyces. Like kills it in wine, so it's like there's so many breweries out there that basically got an infection and then kind of went sour and started doing all bread stuff. They just yeah. had that ten years ago. They'd be totally fine. Yeah, and I'm yeah. Just like that was the first like I've always heard of like products like that and being so long, but I didn't know how like readily available it is. And I'm just like, that's sweet. Yeah. I'm like, there's so many brewers that but probably would have <laughs> taken hold of that stuff, and it's been around for like hundreds of years, like, uh-huh. and it's nuts. Yeah, like, of course, no one, no one, no one, no winemakers no no ever told anyone. Because we all work it's, in silos. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we all work in silos. Nobody needs to tell anybody yeah, anything. Yeah, nobody needs to yeah. talk to anybody yeah. else. Um, so you've kind of done like a bit of the gamut of breweries. So you've worked for like the biggest of the big. Yep. You've also, even like when you were doing like some of like the trial and error stuff when you were at Pilot Project for a little bit, um, with this concept, mm-hmm. what what have you kind of learned in those various situations? Because now, obviously, you went from the big guy to oh, the, yeah. the extra little guy to it's, like now kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, it's hilarious. So, <laughs> like, I the smallest brewery I've worked on was a three barrel system, like okay. out of Lake Bluff, and then then I worked at the like you know seven like two hundred fifty barrel seven yeah. thing yeah. across the line, yeah. making like one point two million barrels a year. So, like, coming back to like this, what I got here at Motoro, it's kind of like a like Fisher Price setup <laughs> compared to like what I was like yeah. using before. Um, but like, kind of like one of the better things that happened at Lagunitas was um, like a new recipe formulation. I had a big understanding of that, but then going in because I would like specifically tried to go into packaging first, so I kind of learned every single thing all the way around with the goal of obviously opening my own. Yeah, but I say that's what we do: packaging. <laughs> yeah, the. Um, <laughs> But the brewing side of that, they, like, at a bigger level like that, they are so regimented, like, and have everything down so, like, those beers are out within 12 days, like, no matter what, in the tank, they're 5.2% every single damn time. And so it's like, 
doing that exactly it's like learning the processes like um that like they kind of instilled or it's just like how they do things because that beer needs to go out because there's trucks goddamn waiting like 15 semis out there for that to get packaged now whatever um but taking like kind of that like kind of like discipline with beer of just like knowing and having like very strict guidelines of what needs to be done and the consistency of like you know I've packaged like fifteen thousand barrels a week of little something something for yeah. like six years. <laughs> yeah. So it's like doing that and coming back to this setup. It's kind of why I'm so comfortable. Like all these beers that I've done for Modern Dune and Dune Year, they're the first time I've ever brewed yeah. all yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I never there's no trials. There's nothing. It's just kind of knowing that like and what I did like at Lagunitas and implementing it on a system like this. It's got it's not like fail safe. Like yeah. it's yeah. just but they're always like consistent like in that sort of like manner of it so yeah uh, that's the most helpful thing coming out of this because i can really just that's what i mean like with the hazy bunk i can just kind of do whatever, whatever. i want yeah. i know yeah. it's, <laughs> i know, know it's gonna you come out i right. know what's gonna come be the outcome yep. of it do you find that this size allows you to be more creative then since you're not like holding a bunch of beer you yeah. can just kind of like cycle out and do something different or like if this didn't work you can try it again in a different way totally totally yeah there's well the setup that they have here so i have like two 10 barrel fermenters uh, 620s, 220 barrel brights, and it's a 10 barrel brew house. Um, and then we have an awesome three barrel like yeast break, I think they used to use it for, that we just converted into like a blending tank. Mm-hmm. And we have tons of barrels back there too. So it's like, yeah, the creativity part of it, like having a smaller system like this, like having Odious and Dutch back here as well too, like we do so much crazy shit. Like mm-hmm. we'll like bleed off parts of batches into the three barrel re-ferment it with different yeast, fruits, whatever, like, throw it into different barrels. We have, like, a whole library of, like, like, Brett blends and, like, Kvite strains, like, in the cooler, like, we literally have, like, 20 different sixels filled with all different types of yeast, so, like, we can really kind of go and yeah. do whatever we want, yeah. like, in any, any moment. Do you find that makes it hard to repeat things? Like, the repeatability of something that you make because of that? No, you just gotta take great notes. Okay. Like, and it's, like, literally, um... And it's just remembering, like, always kind of have, when you're, like, doing something, it's good to, like, experiment like that. But, like, yeah, have somewhat of a purpose to know that you, whatever you're doing, you're going to want to repeat yeah. at some point. Like, yeah. because even though it's, like, a trial thing, if it, pop, like, sh- ends up being, like, insanely good when you kind of just, like, oh, let's kind of see. You're, like, you're going to be so pissed if you didn't, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, get that, oh, yeah. like, completely yeah. hammered out, like, right away. So, yeah. Yeah. So you would you would kind of mentioned um, like obviously Dutch Bag and um, Odia Sellers both brew out of here right now. How's that kind of dynamic been? Because I know they also started in like a small incubator type format to like learn to scale up their recipes, and then now obviously they brew and distribute out of here. Totally, yeah. So like they were they're moving like working out of here. Well, me and Reeve have been like friends and brewing together for like God ten years now, oh, nice. something okay. like that. So um, we were actually like we were at a short stint at like Finch together where we met and then we were both at Lagunitas for a few years. Everybody works at Finch. At one point, yeah. They, yeah. they had a great crew and like, well, I'm sure the yeah. crew's great now, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so having them, like the pilot project thing, I think it was just trying to get like a proof of concept. Yeah, like Reeves, totally. Like Reeves been like, you know, he's been at Wicked Weed and all that yeah. stuff and it's kind of, I think he was just, because God, he's, been getting screwed by the city and COVID getting his place open and it's like getting finalized now but I, you, I'm sure he's just getting antsy like yeah, yeah. let's get these damn beers yeah, out let's so, the beer. until like you know a better option like kind of came around um, because like here I let them like completely like brew do their own thing mm, yeah. they're like um, 
And uh, yeah, it kind of just gets to go nuts with it until I like fill out the space with it. Well, I'm sure Reed will have his place done by then. Yeah. But the dynamic's awesome because like we all like somewhat do like kind of the same. We have a lot of the same like practices and like theories and like ways of like making beer. So we mm-hmm. bounce off uh, ideas with each other like all the time. But then mm-hmm. like we have very like different and succinct like uh, branding and like kind of purposes. Like yeah. we each try to do like. Yeah. Dutchbag is like Nordic inspired beers are just like dead on. Like yeah, he yeah. just absolutely goddamn nails farmhouses and br- yes, uh, yeah. like yeah. yes and, he does. Yes he does. Yeah. And uh, and then Reeve is just like the wild boy. He knows all every type of like Bretomyces, how to use it properly, do all like Brett ferments like with everything, and like it's just like nailing every one of those. So it's mm-hmm. like all three of us like working together on like recipes and stuff like it's awesome because it's like not we're never like i feel like stepping on each other's toes yeah, like yeah. of like recipe formulation any of that stuff because we're all doing very like vividly different mm-hmm. things like oh my god we did i think it was like at the very beginning of this year we did an odious sellers beer on the podcast and it was like malt wine inspired and oh, it was yeah. one of the best beers I think I, yes yeah oh my Fire. god that beer <laughs> yeah. is incredible oh yeah absolutely so, yeah so is what you were talking about kind of how so like looking at your list, leaving profit, which is like a collab between the three of you, is that kind of how something like that comes about? Just like totally all of you being back there, let's yeah. try this, let's try this. Yeah, I'm not like there's a lot of a lot of collabs kind of like that I've been noticing where a lot of breweries are just kinda like slapping names on other people's cans and be like, Yeah, yeah I collab this. I'm like, I don't taste your brewery in this beer whatsoever. Yeah. It's just like you just literally slap the name on. But that one, we literally sat down, took like key elements of everything that like we all do um and like kind of like not specialize in but have like stronger like you know we lean into things like mm-hmm, differently yeah. so with that one like he um we did like the co-fermentation thing with the raspberries um so that kind of like pulled for me uh it was obviously breath fermented so mm-hmm. that's like a bunch of reeves um area with that and then uh pat from dutch bag kind of like built the like malt recipe out like of how he does like his like grain bills because they're mm-hmm. super unique mm-hmm. how he does yeah his and um so yeah we kind of pulled from each and then like we really wanted to do like kind of like a nouveau flanders because who doesn't love goddamn flanders yeah. and uh <laughs> but like were they're not i i feel like they kind of needed like a more modern like kind of approach so that's yeah. why we did it like where it was all stainless steel like eight week fermented kind of like fast yeah. mm-hmm. version of like a red sour and uh yeah, that one came out awesome. It's like dry, tannic, but has like all the fruit flavors and just you can pound it. <laughs> so, and this may not be a thing that actually happens, but like I guess there could be opportunity for this. But like, have you ever noticed like maybe you make something that like doesn't fully work for you or your mm-hmm. brands, but like may work if you like adjust one or two things for like one of the other two? Um, what would happen if that was the case? Like, would it be a, like a co-branded kind of thing, like a or would it? I'm, I don't think there would be much, like, crossover with, uh, like, stuff like that, like, since yeah. we're all, like, very purposeful, okay. purposely, yeah. like, doing that sort of thing, but, like, I mean, we could always, like, that opportunity could always come up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally. if something's happening, be like, 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 if something happens with the beer, and it's like, oh, it's not really what I wanted, I'm like, I'm sure Reaver Pat, or, like, would both like be like okay let me just take that beer and i'm gonna throw my stuff at it and we can do yeah. that like, yeah yeah that could totally pop up but to be honest all three of us just kind of fucking nail everything we're doing so <laughs> like, it doesn't happen that much like okay. all the beers like we just like when we do them they come out pretty much exactly like 
how we anticipated and it's just okay. again that's just like the experience yeah like, yeah absolutely yep. totally a little bit less fuck around and find out yeah. at this point yeah <laughs> yeah when you have enough experience you're not you're no longer fucking around and finding out yeah. you're just fucking around and getting the correct yeah. result exactly <laughs> exactly it's pretty pretty awesome <laughs> So, um, I know that you've been, I mean, technically you were kind of like starting to distribute as early, I mean, like this summer, even yep. earlier than that. I'm trying to remember the first time we, we saw your beers out. Yeah. We started distributing in May, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah something around there. Yeah. It was like yep. early summer. I want to say I bought something in like May or June. When you were here. Yeah. yeah I bought something from Modern Dune, like a beer temple. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, have you kind of thought, I mean, you're, I know the tap room's only a couple of months old at this point. Mm-hmm. Have you kind of thought about what you would want to do as like an anniversary of like when May rolls around? Or like what know. do you consider your anniversary? That's, yeah, that, that's actually a good It's hilarious. Question. I was thinking about that like yesterday. I'm like, I have no idea what my anniversary would be. Yeah, like, just pick a day. Because yeah, I like got yeah. the place in March. April 20th, guys. That yeah. is the anniversary. <laughs> just do it like on my birthday or something. That totally worked out. I kind of got it around my Actually, that might be the best idea. Because I was thinking about that, too. I'm like, I don't want to wait, like, to have an anniversary when I've been distributing for, like, seven yeah. months and then, like, having an anniversary in, like, next like, October. Late October. It, it's, or, it's June 9th. Yeah. <laughs> June like 9th or April like 20th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Probably I should do it, like, because the first beer I did was Welcome Party. So maybe yeah. it should be around, like, that time and do, like, an anniversary thing for it. But yeah, I don't know. That's funny because I don't know what I would do because I don't even know when the damn date is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like, that's that's a that's a time where you just pick something. You're like, yeah. this is the date. Yep. <laughs> this is the date, and we're gonna. Stick you can't with tell it. me anything otherwise. Exactly. You don't know what it is. I don't know what. Or it is. Or just have like three anniversaries. Like, <laughs> I can do whatever I want. You know. The two that we named, and then like a third one, <laughs> the taproom anniversary. There you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's one more question, I think. Oh, I know what I was going to ask. So, um, have, what have you kind of thought? I mean, I know your beers are a lot different than like really anything else in this like, market right now. How have you kind of found it trying to like build a name for your brand in a city that's so saturated with beer? It's that's an awesome question, and it's crazy because honestly, it's been so easy <laughs> like, because of like just doing wine beer hybrids and like. The modern dune of doing yeah. like the different beers, mm-hmm. like me just doing that, like makes me stand out yeah. more. Like yeah, Absolutely, like yeah. it's just like we're we lucked out like we're in god seventy accounts. Yeah, like right now, That's like Benny's corporate hit us up and wanted. They're just like yeah, we want you in all, like all <laughs> yeah. accounts. Like yeah. dope. Let's do yes. And like you, you have know. like big proponents and like really niche, like well loved like stores like beer temple for mm-hmm. example i was with you when you bought um i think the sauvignon, the sauvignon. yeah uh some blank blanc jesus words are hard <laughs> no it's also i like, make them French. super hard to you pronounce. kind of yeah. do a little oh bit. it's a nightmare yeah. um but like ryan was like good i'm glad you got that yeah. and like was pushing it and they were pushing it as well like just like try this, this is fantastic yeah. yeah so i feel like you've gotten like good relationships and like good feedback from like companies and Places that like really do will totally. like, support you. Yeah, I like that's the one thing. The response, like just from the retailer side, like I think they're kind of in the same thing of where, like you know, I was kind of just like, yeah, like bored and like tired of everything that was kind of going on, like in the beer world. Like it's like okay, hazy's sweet, <laughs> like whatever, yeah. and then like okay, let's. Yeah. I want to make them 
at least somewhat cooler, like yes. had themes or yeah. something. Like the haze maze was like green Oaxacan corn, all neo Mexicana hops, like just nuts. So it had like uh, this theme with it, but then all the retailers, like they latched onto that like yeah. crazy. And like it's been like they're like I'm overwhelmed with like the response I've been getting yeah. from them because they are literally pushing this stuff. Yeah. So well yeah. for me, like it's it's you don't outstanding. Even try. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, it's the consumers like typically like you know you look around and see a bunch of bright colored cans, shocker. But then like all the retailers like are actually like pointing to my stuff, and I'm yeah. just like, thanks, thanks yeah. guys, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate I like it. <laughs> you get the kind of um, like treatment. I almost feel like P3 and Hoppager got where everyone just wants your shit. Yeah, yeah. and so like they'll like. And like Beer Temple, um, Liquor Park, they're just like picking up everything that you get. Do you kind of get, do you feel like that? Like that? Oh, yeah. Anything you drop, somebody wants. Like, yep, retailers it's, want. It's you, like, don't to, you don't have to sell it in. They, they're they, buying. They already got it. And yeah. that was why, like, I was self, like, self distributing for um, over the summer. And it's <laughs> like, that got, that got tough. <laughs> when I'm like the only one brewing, <laughs> like, doing, like, basically running an entire, like, part time logistics company of, yeah. like, distributing. Thank God I got a van from Motoro. But that's where it's like I had Oath uh, Distributing come in. They're, like, uh-huh. uh, super young to Chicago. They're huge in Michigan, but they all, they're kind of uh, focused on all craft. And I'm, like, one of their, um, like, main, uh, main accounts or whatever, mm-hmm. or main uh, clients. And uh, they took over all that retail stuff and, like, they, even there, they were saying they're like Tyler, like the kick of Kawhi and the Rainier winner that was gone in ten days, yeah. the yeah. entire yeah. match. And yeah. I'm like, sweet, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. I was yeah. gonna say it pro- probably was a little intense for you, like trying to do all the logistics of it, yeah. brew it all, and then now you actually work in the tap room. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I'm the only one here, yeah. like straight up, like yeah. we even Pat like help out a little bit, but like. I'm the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, you literally just do everything. I do everything. And it's great, though. I love it. <laughs> I don't so, have to run by anything by anyone. <laughs> two follow-up questions, then. Do you, does Oath sell in for you, or is that part of your job, I guess, at this point, to like go and do sales and try and get more accounts? Oh, no. They do all the, like, do basically all catch up with the sales, and it's like, thank God the beer kind of is what it is, because yeah. it's, yeah. it's not a lot of, like sales techniques with it yeah. it's just like yeah. they're like yes i want this give me that yeah, um, yeah. And it's like yeah so like oath like their sales director uh chatty he's fucking outstanding one of the coolest dudes ever but he's also so well known in like the brewing industry that like he just knows everyone walks yeah. in and like we just like move the beer that way and then um yeah like in the spring i'm gonna like dive a little bit more into sales like and mm-hmm. just kind of like build like more relationships because totally. I kind of miss yeah. that part too like yeah. every part of the, like the whole brewery I love doing like bartending in front like every yeah. night because yeah. like over the summer like I was just like back there like kicking hoses I'm like man I really hope they like it out there yeah. like I don't know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. so yeah that's why I love like working up in the front here it's also I get to just like talk with yeah. everybody yeah. You right. get the feedback. You get to oh yeah have people try to actually things, talk they, about yeah. your beers yeah. with people. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the second follow up question is: It sounds like you are blowing through inventory very quickly. Mm-hmm. Are are you basically capped out here, and what, do you have to start contract brewing at some point, or do you want to like expand? Like, what are the future plans for? I'm so I'm not capped out yet. Like, it's gonna get. Uh, kind of nuts, I think, in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> to be completely honest, I was actually just doing my schedule like earlier today, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, like let's let's see what we can do here." But that's another thing where um, kind of lies in with like the Lagunitas thing. Like they literally, 
how you would like you would have one beer being brewed and we had 750 barrel tanks so you did three turns of beer into that mm-hmm. tank the beer was fermented brought like as very specifically at very like certain dates and certain like things kind of had to be triggered for it to happen the second that tank was ready it would go into the bright tanks like for the packaging mm-hmm. side and the second it was emptied it would be CIP'd cleaned and then refilled within two hours yeah like that is a very fast so yeah. exactly yes. yeah it is a fast they fresh. just because we had an entire like god we had like a 50 barrel like caustic tank we had an entire like modernized system where we just like hook up a couple like yeah. jumpers to it and it yeah. just shoot, runs yeah. it and it like literally beers going in into again yeah so yeah. it's like that's the type of thing where I'm instilling with here, like, where that's why I'm using, like, a lot of Kavikis, because, like, there's some of the beers, like, that Palmasara was eight days done. Oh, my gosh. And, like, oh, yeah. Oh, that beer was really I know. Good. And it's just, like, that's where it's kind of, I could be here for a bit, and it's just, like, we're finding more of the practices, and, mm-hmm. like, it, that's where it kind of goes into the recipe formulation, too, if things need to, like, start moving quicker. Like, I have a bunch of, you know, tricks up the sleeve to, like, make oh, everything yeah. kind of move. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, we'll see. I, like... The 20 barrel system here, like, we do have a lot of, like, space. Like, uh, mm-hmm. space, I mean, like, well, not actual, like, on the ground yeah, space, but, yeah. like, height. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I could totally just switch out this brew house and get bigger tanks, bigger yeah, brew house, yeah. like, right immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would say you can even yeah. kind of tell from here where we're yeah, sitting. Yeah, you can tell that it's not, like, maxing out the height yet. Totally. So, oh, so this is a very tall space. Yeah, so. it is. Like, yeah. and it's like a lot Locked of it isn't being ceilings. used. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens because if that you know if it just it's goes way to too have. quick, yeah, yeah, then I'll start contracting somewhere or uh, just immediately gun for another space. Like, yeah. I that was my whole th- like plan in the meantime until like this kind of like just fell in my lap. Like, yeah. where I had like built out like an entire just like Ferrari type brewery because during COVID. For six months, I got to, like, literally just sit there and build a brewery. <laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah. I just, like, figured out this, like... It's like playing Sims in your Oh, head. yeah. <laughs> and, like, the technology out there now is, like, I have, like... There's software where you can literally uh, control your tanks by your phone. That's So, tight. it's, like, that's yeah. where it's, like... I heard about that. Yeah. I, I would just, like, be this massive brewery and me and a bunch yeah. of, like, matrix valves. Like, no yeah. jumpers. Yeah. Like, all of, like... I just want it built out where it's just this, like crazy automated, automated yeah. like fucking things yeah the technology's out yeah. there you yeah. <laughs> like, you know? I do love a good automation so I think that covers everything for the questions that we had um, is there anything you want to plug or anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about or highlight or highlight yeah for the peoples anything coming up like your 420 anniversary <laughs> 420 yeah um, we just picked your anniversary for you yeah nothing nothing really we covered a lot of a lot of stuff on there just <laughs> yeah honestly everybody just come to the tap room yeah just hang out yeah <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Fez will greet you at the door, my little dog, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, just come chill. Like it's it's sweet. I love. Yeah. So out. one of the cool things about this space is it's actually off of like the thirty fifth Green Line. Yeah. Top, so it's actually not too hard to get down here. No. Yeah. At all. So. No. Come hang out. <laughs> yeah, definitely come out. It's I love it. I think it's super cute. You did a good job decorating it. You've got better interior design than I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I I place things, but then the girlfriend that's a visual designer kind of yeah like, move, but like, that right there just and the I'm taste like, oh, in God, general it's... like the, the yep. plant choice the greenery yeah better than i would do yeah i wanted it to have a little bit more feel than most 
breweries. No, yeah. no offense, every other brewery, but no, a, lot of, a lot of them can feel kind of like sterile. Yeah, where I'm like, am I buying like a MacBook like or am I like, yeah. <laughs> am I gonna like? Are you not? an Android or are you a MacBook? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it feels a little bit homey, like a little bit homier. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Exactly. And the the Christmas decorations are very cute right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love the um, Santa hat on that. Oh yeah, Santa, Santa hats papers. on basically everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stupid little gnome guys up there. Those yeah. guys are hilarious. Love it. <laughs> and honestly, Fez greeting you is it probably is, the best. Pretty, yeah. It's it's the best pull. Oh yeah, that you can offer that should be your advertising alone. It's just absolutely come visit. Fez will greet you at the door. Yep. Yeah. And the tap room manager and, will greet yeah. you. <laughs> and he may sit on your lap at some point. Oh yeah, he'll jump up for sure. <laughs> Cool. So I think that covers it for this episode then. Oh, do you want me to do the thing? You, you may as well. Do... Okay. <clears throat> this is my favorite thing. I love Don't it. screw I me up. It. You screwed me up so <laughs> bad last time. And it took us like 10 minutes it's to get so through this. It's so funny. <clears throat> okay. So with that, we hope you enjoy the episode. Please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating and... You can now give us a five-star rating on Spotify. That's new. Go on Spotify yes. and give us a five-star that is rating. New. Um, please go leave us a written review. If you're not totally comfortable leaving us a written review in a public forum, shoot us a DM. We will DM you back eventually. Or we won't, and we'll just shout you out like we did last episode, or at some point episode. (laughs) At EQ, we won't forget you because you're the first person to do it. (laughs) All right, so listen through the music, and you will hear all of our contact information and our social media plugs. And with that, we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is drunkanduncultured. And our Twitter is drunkuncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at lindsaysoldout. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.